listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Who is this? How you doing? I'm fine. Who is this? Guy looks hauntingly familiar, but like, but I don't know who it is. Can I guess was, the, when it was taken? It looks like about 25 years ago. It was taken about 20 years ago. Yeah, 25. Mm-hmm. This is the person as a younger man. Yes, we're all we all were younger then. Who is this? This is uh he was king of Washington, Bob, about 20 years ago. The king of Washington? No, the un, he was. Called the King of Washington. He he was he a journalist? head of the Kennedy. He was head of the Kennedy Center. That's he not was head King of the of Washington. Wait 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 wait. He had three 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 kingdoms he controlled: head of the Kennedy Center, head of Brookings Institution, and head of Fannie Mae. Well, first of all, twenty years ago, I think Strobe Talbot was head of the Brookings Institution. So I'm already doubting the entire okay, well, that, premise of the, this maybe conversation. Maybe I have the timing wrong, but he was head of the Brookings Institution. What's his name? Maybe 30 years ago. He's yeah. the man who destroyed the world, Jim Johnson. Not the one who was coach of Dallas Cowboys. He destroyed no, the Dallas the one Cowboys. Head, the one who While was ironically of... winning several Super Bowls, still. He destroyed the entire ethos of the Cowboys, Mickey. Jimmy Johnson. Thank you, thank thank you for bringing this, this guy, up. This guy destroyed the entire ethos of the global financial system and produced the... Uh, Great Recession of 2008-2009, from which there was a recent statistic about a huge percentage of Americans have never recovered from. Uh, he, he, uh, he engineered the system of uh, you know, commoditizing loans that proves to be a disaster. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and he also didn't do any good for the Brookings Institution, for that matter. But... Um, uh, Anyway, he that's, um, that's a common and, common feature of uh, And you know who's the new king of Washington, Bob? You? No, you're in LA. No. Uh, he he edits the premier Washington magazine and he's now the new Gwen Eiffel. He's head of the PBS NewsHour. And wait, what's the uh, premier Washington magazine? I was going to say Paul Glasters, but I guess you have a different Washington magazine in mind. Here he is in front oh, of the Jeffrey White Jeffrey Goldberg, the premier of Washington. Wait, what's is, is he doing new, PBS NewsHour now? He's the new Gwen Eiffel, Bob. Yeah, I have, I've always gotten them mixed up. Which one gets us into disastrous wars through dishonest reporting? Is that Gwen Eiffel or does no? That's Jeffrey Goldberg. Okay, I've got it. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, Greg, Glenn Greenwald has already weighed into this, but he's now like he's now the center of the blob of the Atlantic right think. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Basking in the glow of the aflatoxin. Uh, Actually, that uh, was not even the more more damaging of the two New Yorker pieces he wrote before the Iraq war. But but we digress. He he claimed that Saddam had this uh, chemical weapon, aflatoxin. That was in a debate with you, Bob. But that wasn't as bad as him claiming in the New Yorker that there was uh, strong evidence that of an al-Qaeda tie. With Saddam Hussein, oh, a claim no, that was paraded I, all over the elite media system in Slate on NPR. Anyway, there's a pa- anyway the, the Jim Johnson thing is a cautionary warning that you could be the king of Washington one day and in utter disgrace the next day. Why? Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. Well, because Johnson, Fannie Mae, he he, yeah, he, okay. he was disgraced. He consider he me dual- warned. I will turn down Senate- if if they offer me Jeff Goldberg's seat, I'm gonna say no. Because bad things they, happen. This is like being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Remember right. that curse? Well, and, right, exactly. And also, you know, Johnson, people, people, Johnson never really paid the price other than in reputation for all the damage he did. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Goldberg has never paid the price for all the damage he did in his Iraq war reporting. So there's a parallel there. How about that? So wait, is he uh, like the anchor? Is he the anchor of the PBS NewsHour? Yes. This is mind he's the blowing. Beloved, he's the beloved moderator, Bob. This is mind that could, blowing. That could be you if you weren't a cranky evolutionary psychologist. It could never have been me, but it could have been someone other than him, which would which would raise the uh, survival prospects of the planet. But we digress. Uh, so what's in the what so, else is in the news this week, Mickey? So, well, there is this Trump indictment, uh, and I have I take a hard line on it. As you, uh, we're earlier in the week, as it's already sort of old, but not really. Uh, a few days ago, Prosecutor Jack Smith indicted Donald Trump on four counts involved in, involving his Stop the Steal efforts. Mm-hmm. For, uh, I have four, five things to say about it. First, there was no really new evidence he dug up. I, mean, I, I was hoping he would, I was hoping he would deliver the goods. I was hoping he would have Trump on tape saying, I hope those, People riot and stop the vote and hang Mike Pence. Okay, didn't have any of that. Now he could always come up with the goods later. He could always revise his indictment the way he did with Mar-a-Lago, where he had new evidence. So it's always possible he will come up with the evidence, or he could have the evidence and be hiding it so as not to alert Trump's attorneys about it. That's possible. But from the looks of it, there's nothing new here. He doesn't seem to have the goods, and also this whole business that we were hoping about the riots and the you know, he 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 was really conspiring with Steve Bannon in the Willard Hotel to have the riots disrupt the Congress. Not that's not that's not even a charge in this in this indictment. He doesn't really make a big deal well, of the riots. He's, impeding he, the congressional uh, process is a charge, isn't it? Right, but he right, but that he he does that by pressuring Mike Pence, not by not by. No, I think that's uh, legit. Not by, not, instigating, not by instigating the rioters. Yeah, but well, uh, I that's mentioned. He yeah. mentions that, but the big thing is Pence. He doesn't have any stuff about how he knew that they were going to be violent or, uh, you know, anything damning about that. Do, it's he, not a separate they, charge. Do they mention the famous tweet where why when Trump they knows the famous they mention they mention the famous tweet and it comes off in 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 Jack Smith's retelling not the way you put it. It, 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 you may be right, but another the, guy the, whose job I should have, Mickey. This you, is like a you, pervasive problem. The way, the way you put it is, my, they're they're running around the hall saying, "Hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence." Right. Trump sees it on TV and he tweets something like that. Mike Pence is a traitor. He could have done the right thing, thereby putting his uh, something to that life effect, in jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, the way he retells it is, Trump doesn't really know. He's he's uh, you know, he's um. He, he's he's desperate. He's 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 doing one last chance saying Mike Pence is a traitor. And then a minute later, they break into the Capitol. So uh, it's not quite as bad as Wait, you they admit, were in the, it out They were me. in the Capitol when he tweeted that. Well, the one he Smith talks about, he says a minute later, they broke into the Capitol. I'm pretty sure. Is it a different anyway, tweet? Anyway, he doesn't. 
The, the, I guess I mean, there's more, more, there's the more other, than one tweet. The other thing I'd say is in the speech on the mall, uh, I'm pretty sure Trump says something like, it's all in Mike Pence's hands. If he doesn't do the right thing, we're not going to be happy or something like that. And he already knew what Pence was going to do. So that was like dishonestly right. priming them to get outraged at Pence right. 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 shortly so thereafter. Right. And then he so further primed them with that tweet. Right. So you've hit on my second point, which yes. is uh, all all Smith has basically is Trump lying, 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 lying. He knows he's lying. He's lying, 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 lying. He lobbies. Mike Pence, he lobbies the Georgia guy to change the vote. He lobbies the Pennsylvania guy to change the vote. He lobbies the Michigan guy to change the vote. He lobbies the Arizona guy to change the vote. Uh, so it's basically speaking and lobbying, all of which are legitimate First Amendment activities, even if you know it's bullshit. So that's the basic problem with uh, with the indictment is it's, it's all about uh, Trump speaking and lying. Okay, he's allowed Wait, to speak I, and lie. If I, if I tell a lie that increases the chances somebody will be killed, like if I see a drunken husband with a gun and say, "I saw your wife fooling around with so and so," and she's inside, that's the, the are, First Amendment few, protects there me. There are a few. There are a few limited, very narrowly drawn. Well, I wouldn't exceptions call this that Trump case limited. I'd call it clear cut. He's trying to impede the congressional process. Is, I take he, your silence yes, as concession. I thank you for your gracious. He's president. He's president. He's allowed to try to impede the congressional Wait, process. He doesn't like the congressional process. First Amendment he thinks he was ripped off. No, I actually think he does get extra protection for doing things that, as president, he's legitimately entitled to do, like lobby state officials. He thinks the election was stolen. He's lobbying state officials. We we don't want judge. We don't want the. We don't want people. To come in and say, "Okay, Stacey Abrams, you you think your election was stolen? We think you're a liar. Go to jail." We just don't want the prosecutors coming in and criminalizing ordinary, pathetic, lying speech activities. Forty uh, percent of campaigns are fraudulent conspiracies, are conspiracies to commit fraud. You think JFK thought Kimoy and Matsu were the most important issues in the world? No. I mean, they constantly if that wasn't in the service are, of committing what would otherwise be considered a crime. Well, let the, me uh, say this about the indictment broadly, okay? I don't. I, I honestly don't know whether, legally speaking, he has a case. And as you know, I think the indictments are all a bad idea. It's a it's banana republicy to be indicting a president. And although Democrats are extremely slow to pick up on the following fact. It helps Trump politically. Uh, well, Biden likes that it helps Trump. It helps Trump. It, you know, it, Trump. It, 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 his his the you know it, it helps Trump win the primary, and Biden thinks he can win the win the general well, the election la by replicating. This week's New York Times poll has them tied forty three forty three. Biden but, Trump. But, but I know, I know. But Biden but Biden has to have a strategy by which he can beat Trump, and that is to. Uh, replicate 2022 when he scared people about the John Meacham threat to democracy and people were a little scared. Mm -hmm. And he can certainly do that again on the basis of, uh, of, you know, Trump's actions with the stop the steal. He's not like he actually, he's not like he's regretted it and apologized to the American people. So um, uh, that, that he has to have a strategy that I think seems to be his strategy. In any case, he's stuck with it because the indictment now has polarized the electorate so much that that's 
the only his only strategy mm-hmm. really that's available uh, or the best I mean, strategy that's available. Let me, so, let me, but basically, I think it has a chilling effect, not just on future people who might contest elections like Stacey. Let me finish this, Bob. Oh, this Stacey, is ridiculous. It's, 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 who might who might want to contest elections, but also on people like scientists who might want to lie about the origins of COVID in order to stop a government function. If you read the law, that's what Jack Smith is claiming. It's a terrible indictment. It's unconstitutional. And I hope it's thrown out by an appellate court before it ever gets to trial. And I think it should be. But okay. lie about COVID to stop a government function? Is there, is, is there a particular official who actually would be liable under this reading? Like Fauci, are you thinking of somebody in well, particular? Fauci would be a logical one. It doesn't just apply to officials. It applies to any citizen. It could be the scientists. Fauci- it could be the scientists who were caught. So you can show on Slack they didn't believe what 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 they were saying about COVID origins. They were participating in a fraud to defraud to, to fool the public into thinking there was no wait. lab leak and wait, to get wait, the wait, government wait. to do something. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm wait, sorry, Smith. Wait, wait. The fraud thing is a separate indictment from the impeding congressional proceedings thing. Those are different things. Are you uh, you know? Are you saying that Fauci impeded some government function that would leave him liable under the same law that Trump is being impeached, is being indicted under? Well, well, I think the fraud has to be in in the aim of impeding a government function. I'm not talking about fraud. I'm talking about impeding. Yeah, but he charged it with fraud. I'm saying I'm saying Smith could charge Fauci with the same thing he charged Trump with. He Trump he charged Trump with fraud. So you're saying, oh, yeah, but there's another the charge. charge. Yes. I'm not talking about the other charge. So you're conceding there were four charges. Is One of them was fraud. All I'm talking about is the impeding of congressional proceedings. Are you conceding Trump is should be indicted on legal grounds for that? That's all I'm talking about. No. The fraud thing has all not kinds unless, of other problems not unless with Jack the indictment. Smith, not unless Jack Smith has more evidence than he has now. Uh, that that you know Trump. I think I think this the threat to legitimate political activity. And William Barr worried about this. It's not like I'm alone. Okay, this is the Attorney General who hates Trump, thinks the prosecution should be bought, brought. Said there was a slippery slope toward chilling legitimate yeah. political activity. I think the way you stop the slippery slope is you require there to be sub thuggish acts like a, a bribery, physical intimidation, telling Raffensperger. I know where you live. Something, something that implies the, the courts could say, okay, this is, you know, this is thuggishness. It's not just speech. And he came close with that with Raffensperger. He said, you know, you might be subject to criminal prosecution later. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a borderline one. That's the best he's got, I think. But I think there has to be some, some mafia like perjury or, or physical threats or intimidation or bribery. And you can say, okay, now he's crossed the line. Let me just say again, I'm not defending the fraud count, which has other problems. And I don't even know enough about the law to full-throatedly defend the impeding congressional proceedings thing. Although from everything I've heard, including everything you've said, it seems seems, uh, solid to me. Again, I wish he weren't being indicted because it just has bad consequences. That kind of depresses me that I'm living in a country where that's happening. But it equally depresses me that Whatever the legalism of the thing, the fact is Trump does deserve to go to jail because he did try to subvert the U.S. Constitution and overthrow an election. Do you deny that leaving legalisms aside, 
he tried to subvert the U.S. Constitution. Yes. You I deny agree. that. You don't, you deny no, I, that. I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yes, Good. I agree. Um, so no, we, so we can is, move on. The question is, does that fit? He should clearly be impeached for it. The question is, does that fit any existing right. criminal statute? I don't know enough about the law to say that okay. the, the impeding the congressional proceeding thing still seems kind of solid to me. Again, I'm just depressed about the whole spectacle and uh, certainly including yeah, he, Trump. He, he, um, I think it's a disaster because uh, unless it's thrown out quickly by an appellate court on some sort of summary judgment motion or something like that, it's, uh, it's going to, you know, he's going to be convicted by the D.C. jury. Mm-hmm. It's going to completely polarize the, the country. Uh, then it will probably be thrown out on appeal, which will further polarize the country and the and the left will be pissed off and claim that the right controls the Supreme Court. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it commits Biden, whether he likes it or not, to a strategy of, you know, running against the demon Trump because Trump's now going to get the nomination. It's a disaster all around and it shouldn't have been brought. Well, and and I hope again, I, I, I from what I know, the fraud thing is dubious. The fraud count is dubious. The, the other one, I, I'm, I'm not sure about. Let, let me ask you a question. The um, do you think there's a chance uh, this definitely doesn't hurt Trump in the primary? Do you think there's a chance that it does hurt him in the general? There's a chance that it hurts him in the primary. There there was a poll today showing if he is convicted, 45 percent of Republicans would hold that against him. Now, does that mean they really vote against him? I don't know, but uh, it, it's not nothing. Is it going to come he's, to trial? He's falling, before... he's, he's falling a little bit in Iowa. He's only ahead by 24 points over DeSantis, who's back up a little bit. Um, it's uh, Sorry, we, I don't think we know yet when it's going to come to trial. But people seem to feel that Smith is trying to get it in before the election. It's certainly the most important of the cases. So but they it'll should be give appealed, and he is, is so he'll still run. He won't be in jail. It'll be on appeal, right? I mean, it's just not going to run stop if the even, he's, even if he's in jail. That there's would no be way, interesting. There's no that way he doesn't run. Um, uh, so uh, didn't Mayor Curley in Boston get elected from jail? I think he did. Uh, uh, so well, it, me, it, uh, it, it's a disaster all around. I did think of a way, by the way, that this could hurt Trump more than I had realized politically, which is just that, um, you know, it's a pretty, there are a lot of Republicans who think this was definitely a fraudulent election. And one thing about this case is that I think, you know, they're going to see a lot of debate about like, did Trump know that his charges about the election were false? And I think this is going to be on all networks, including Fox, and the clear premise is going to be that that the, the charges of electoral fraud were false. Now we're just trying to decide whether Trump knew they were false. You will even hear, you know, advocates for Trump, supporters of Trump saying, well, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. I mean, apparently the indictment uh, provides a lot of evidence that he should have suspected the fraud charges were bullshit. Right? So, so, so far, uh, the polls have gone in the opposite direction. There was a poll just this morning <laughs> saying the net effect of the indictment was to increase by about 10 percent, I think, the percentage of Republicans who think the election was stolen. Well, that's now about 70 percent. So they got to get under your theory. They have to, the trial has to get back that 10 percent and then make more ground. Uh, I well, don't think it's going to do that. But- 
it, but the whole discussion about the thing, which has a long way to go. This is going to be the on other, the airwaves for a long time. The other thing is, uh, keep. there are people I know who are smart people who would be perfectly, who would understand that distinction you're making between everybody agrees it's false. The question is, did Trump know it was false? Uh, who actually think there was, where there were shenanigans. And there were, you know, there were, there, there were rational reasons to suspect there might be shenanigans since the left thought this man was Hitler and had to be stopped. Uh, it turns out there's no evidence of shenanigans, but there are reasonable people who who who, who seem to persist in this belief. So uh, it, I'm not sure a trial is going to convince I await their evidence. Certainly uh, most of the evidence being cited was bullshit. You know, the stuff about it's, uh, whatever State Farm Arena in Georgia. It's, it's all... It's all going to come out in Arizona once Carrie Lake wins her lawsuit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was, who was, uh, oh, Joe Rogan was saying, I mean, yeah, for what that's worth, Joe they, Rogan was saying, yeah, that Carrie Lake thing looks like there was fraud there. The Arizona people are, are, are the pro Carrie Lake people are fired up and they're newly optimistic. I don't know how delusional they are. But you're not aware of evidence, strong evidence there was actual fraud there. No, but mm -hmm. I have a friend who's one of them who says, he assures me there is evidence and it will come out. So okay. uh, uh, I'm skeptical. I wouldn't bet on it. But By the way, uh, related to the presidential election is, uh, do you, so Gavin Newsom may debate Ron DeSantis? Well, they, they, they've, you know, there was an offer and an acceptance. He offered to debate and DeSantis accepted. So but in then, theory, but then Newsom's people suggested November. That's not soon enough. We we need to get in the air this idea that there are alternatives to Biden. Right, right. And it's I would a great, think Newsom Newsom would want to be one, right? I agree. I think Biden is putting the kibosh on it for the re, for the very reasons we think it's good because it shows there are younger people who are capable of the job and uh, and puts Biden in a bad light. He wants to squash this. He do, he doesn't want to give DeSantis any air because he wants to run against Trump and he doesn't want to give, make Newsom, make him look bad. So I think Newsom postponing it is he got a call from the White House probably saying, why don't you postpone this for a few months? Uh, so that's terrible, but uh, it, it's inevitable. I mean, I mean, Biden has such an interest in stopping it. Well, sign up somebody else. See, see, here's the thing. I think there's a media hunger for somebody other than Biden. And Newsom is event, perfect though. Well, yeah, but there's a ton of people who'd be, can't they find some semi-credible people to debate Ron DeSantis? DeSantis wants the airtime. Not Put him while, on a cable show, while, he'll show not up. Not while Biden, well, yeah, he, I mean, Newsom is a particularly juicy opponent because the contrast between the gritty, impolite, unsuave DeSantis and the pretty boy, uh, suave Gavin Newsom might work to DeSantis' yeah. advantage. They're the two states that hate each other, that are competing. Newsom is the logical heir apparent. I mean, it's a perfect debate. I, it's hard to su substitute somebody better. But I'm Biden is going to stop. Biden is going to stop. You don't. I, we don't want him to debate Marianne Williamson. I mean, there, 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 there isn't anybody who's credible enough who Biden won't want to stop. Well, we should put on our thinking caps and come up with somebody, and then you could use your connections. Uh, to my land to get a message to DeSantis about whoever we decide should be the worthy debate opponent. I don't. Magaland means Trump these days. I don't have. Oh, uh, does it? I don't. I don't have connections, Bob. I only have the illusion of connections. That's what I'm using this show for to propagate the illusion of connections. 
You know what? That's a segue too. Uh, no. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. Hunter, the illusion. Hunter, Hunter Biden. It turns out. Well, that's it turns out that's Joe's. That would be Joe's alibi, right? He was trying to foster the illusion of connection. No, the Hunter. Oh. Well, there's a bit the alibi for both of them. Yeah. It, it came out. Uh, Hunter's business partner testified that they they had Joe was put on speakerphone twenty times by Hunter in front of clients, sometimes without uh, his knowledge, necessarily knowing about it. Uh, mm. He had dinner with clients twice at Cafe Milano. Just walking into Cafe Milano, there's a presumption that you're guilty of some sort of crime. Uh, mm. And uh, I mean, you know, that's. That's so Bill Richardson had dinner twice? Hunter so had dinner Biden, twice? Hunter had two dinners that Biden showed up at and actually ate a meal and talked to the people. They, they, Archer claimed that in all these things, they only talked about the weather and various, they never talked about business because the purpose was to brand Hunter uh, with the Biden name and, and to show that he could get Joe on the phone and to show that he was a Biden and to give the clients, he was selling the illusion of access to Joe. The, the, the Democratic line is he didn't actually have access to Joe. He couldn't actually get Joe to right. do things. Right. But he wanted the clients to think that. Okay, think about that for a while. Just even on its face, the best Democratic argument has Biden being the accessory to this fraud that his son was perpetrating on but these the unknowing accessory, the unknowing accessory, right? No, he's not an idiot. He knows when, when, the, when a Burisma, he's... He's a special envoy to Ukraine when then, you know, no, I'm Burisma not saying he is. was a knowing, there's but a I'm Burisma saying he, guy at the dinner and Hunter is, Hunter is, he's a potential Hunter client. Biden, Joe Biden knows what's going on. Okay. I'm not saying he doesn't, I, I, but I thought you began the sentence with something like the best democratic case, the best argument Democrats can make. And I would finish that with, is that Biden was an unknowing. But there's, it's a completely implausible that he was unknowing that Hunter was selling the illusion of access. Uh, that, well, wait, that, would, that would imply that he's such a moron that he shouldn't even, uh, you know, shouldn't hold any public office at all. I'm he's, sitting here trying to figure out if it's possible for, if it's an illusion for Biden to know about it. But I guess you could say he, the access is, is an illusion because Biden's not going to do anything that Hunter suggests. But Biden knows that Hunter is fostering the illusion right. that he does have influence right, over right. Biden. And he probably Biden. So, but uh, keep, keep in uh, mind a couple, a couple of points. First. In Ukraine politics, everything depends, your status depends on, do you have the blessing of the Americans? Because the whole country depends on America, the way right. the Irish rebels depend on America. So uh, just having Biden's name attached helps Burisma, even if there's no illusion of access. Second, I think Biden's out is that he didn't get any money for it, okay? I think if he got money for helping perpetrate this fraud on Hunter's clients, mm -hmm. Game over. He's guilty of being accessory to a fraud. He should be impeached. But uh, it's not as bad as stealing the election. But it's it's worse than Watergate, and it's bad. Uh, the sec the, the the second thing is, do we really think it stopped at the illusion of access? Wasn't there actual access and maybe actual results? There's not a lot of evidence of that. The two pieces of evidence that I have are first this old article from D.C. Examiner from I think twenty. Seven, 2007 or something when Biden was a senator and Hunter had some clients that wanted to change the rules for credentialing chemical workers, okay, 
Biden intervened on behalf of Hunter's clients, okay? He delivered, not the illusion of access, the reality of access and the reality of influence successfully peddled. So Biden has delivered for Hunter before, even in that one example, if there's that one example, how many others were there? The second thing is the mayor, what, widow of the mayor of Moscow uh, sent a big check to invest with Hunter's firms, of which they got a cut, uh, and she wanted to be off the sanctions list and she was not on the sanctions list. Now, it just was it just a coincidence that she sent this money and she wasn't on the sanctions list, or was there some, uh, you know, uh, access uh, successful influence peddling by Hunter? We don't know, but it's it's possible. It's an avenue to explore. Uh, it's all we got at this point. But uh, they, I, but whether or not that their access was actually peddled, I think if Joe got money, he's guilty. Uh, what, what I can say based on my limited knowledge of the case is there is definitely a risk that if Biden is the president, <laughs> presidential candidate, that more stuff will come out that will make it clear that something shady went on. I think it's entirely possible something did. There was certainly the vague appearance of something shady, uh, and that's not good. And, uh, it's just, I mean, it's such an indictment of the Democratic Party that there's no serious movement to dump this guy. And I think Ukraine is on the verge of becoming a serious problem for him, as I will discuss well, shortly. Okay, well, I, uh, go I, ahead. I, 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 I think the bigger problem is Kamala. I don't think Biden has been, Biden's, Biden's poll numbers are much worse than the president he's been. I don't I think he's, he hasn't been that bad a president on the economy. He hasn't even been that bad yeah, a president no, on Ukraine, but the poll numbers are terrible. And, you're right. Democrats should probably figure out something to do, but uh, it's a little bit of a bad rep, and he's not crazy to think. Well, no, but the I economy think a lot gets of, better. If the economy gets better, it'll turn around for him. No, but a lot of the Democrats in polls who say they wish he weren't on the ticket cite something other than his performance on the economy. Blah blah blah. They say he's old as shit. He's too old to be president. He's losing multiple steps, not losing a step. And that's all right. That's accurate. That's he, true. He has terrible ratings on the economy, too. Well, that's not fair. Although um, there, there is some evidence we're about to slide into a slowdown. Oh, they keep saying that. It keeps not happening. Well, the jobs, the jobs numbers were bad. Not, not terrible, but they were, they were also, below we, What was that thing? I kind of, I was on jury. Uh, I was on an actual jury. Uh, so I wasn't that plugged in, but the, the the stock market dropped a couple of percent because some credit uh, agency lowered the U.S. credit rating. That was like that's significant, right? I guess it was sort of a you know it was it was something they could have done last year. They could do it next year. They chose to do it now. Seems like a PR stunt to me, but they're probably right that they sh we should lower our credit rating because nobody wants to deal with Social Security. Or Medicare and the long-term debt outlook isn't good. Outlook isn't good, and Republicans are doing these stunts with holding up the well, budget and yeah. There's cetera, always this recurring so, drama as to whether we can fund the government. We yeah, seem so, to come closer so, to so, not doing so it every time. Th that's a good reason to drop up two percent. Um, but so, um, on, so why is why is he screwing up Ukraine? Well, first of all, a quick review of Ukraine in terms of what's changed since last week. Uh, I've uh, come closer to knowing how to pronounce uh, a particular town in Ukraine. I pronounced it Robotine last time. I think it's more like Robotna. 
that's even <laughs> that I'm sure is not a hundred percent. Um, as for what it's an important place because it's it's how far Ukraine has reached on what is probably the most important axis of advance in the South. Uh, last week, I wasn't sure whether there had been some kind of breakthrough of Ru- of Russian lines there. Uh, it turns out there wasn't. Seems like there still hasn't been. There was a little progress there today, but in general, there um, there has not been much uh, much progress. Um, the uh, you know there was this tweet, uh, and this this will eventually get get around to Biden, uh, but one of these open source mapping Twitter accounts. Uh, did the math, and in the two months uh, of the offensive, the percentage of Ukraine occupied by Russia has been cut from 17.54% to 17.49%. That's one twentieth of a percent at really, really significant human cost. Thousands, if not tens of thousands of deaths, thousands, if not tens of thousands of lost limbs, a ton of lost armor, and so on. I did the math at, you know, at this rate to get Russia. It's half a percent. No, it's point, it's point oh five percent. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not point five percent. Okay. So uh, at this rate, um, you know, Zelensky has said he won't negotiate until Russian troops are completely out off of Ukrainian territory. At this rate, that's six decades away. Obviously, Ukraine could make a breakthrough and so on, but this is just this is just not good. Uh, you know, even six uh, decades is shorter than I expected. You're not up for that. You know, if I were younger, if I were younger, I, I would be, but I just don't think I'm going to make it for another six decades, Mickey. Um, so, you know, even Michael Kaufman is starting to do a little bit of recriminations, post-mortem type stuff. And he's pretty gung-ho Ukrainian, although I think he does a pretty good job of be- being a fairly objective analyst. But he's, the s- yeah. The story about how uh, the troops we trained weren't trained enough and were ineffective in battle uh, that you talked about two weeks ago was on the front page of the, or the was in the New York Times like, in the last day or two. I'm telling you, man. So so you got to, you know, stick Next with- Next uh, week's MSM Today. Sti- yeah, stick podcast. with non-zero. The other thing is, it re- it eerily reminded me of General Austin's standing up of rebel forces in Syria, which we he trained, and uh, and they, they ran away in the first battle. They were crushed. Uh, so this is better than that. But he does, our, our Secretary of Defense does seem to have- a talent for failing to train adequately troops that he sends into battle. Well, I don't know how much, well, I guess this had to be his operation to some extent. He is the secretary of defense. And unlike, uh, unlike many of them, he's a, he's a former general. Um, the, uh, so, but, but yeah, there was, that was another thing I wasn't totally clear on last week. Like the second surge of the offensive, was that going to be a return to the original, approach that NATO trainers tried to teach Ukraine of combined arms warfare, which is very heavy with armor and so on. The answer to that now seems to be no. No. Ukraine Ukraine is just just doing kind of attritional tactics that they're more comfortable with, which is probably uh, smart. Uh, And they may be losing fewer people as a result as well, which would be good. 
but still not going well. Uh, Kaufman, um, you know, a point he made is that, you know, the, the whole combined arms warfare thing, uh, it, it's worked for us when we've had air superiority, which Ukraine doesn't have here. Uh, plus, I mean, his big complaint is that we took all these conscripts, sent them to Europe and tried to train them and gave them all this shiny equipment rather than taking the more experienced troops and doing that. And one thing that implicates is Bakhmut. As I discussed months ago, it was kind of dubious to trade off Ukraine's very experienced troops in Bakhmut for a bunch of convicted Russian felons. Uh, and he, that's what he said. He wishes that some of these experienced people, instead of being in Bakhmut, had been training in Europe uh, and, and conscripts had been in Bakhmut. Since, after all, Bakhmut is not strategically uh, significant in and of itself. So, um, no. yeah. Well, uh, the, there's, there's apparently a rift. So I get this from the prestigious Institute for the Study of War. There's a rift among Russian billabloggers because they seem to be incredibly sensitive on the issue of Crimea and any military strike by, uh, by Ukraine on Crimea just sends people into paroxysms of anxiety and anger. Uh, so just a couple little strikes that Ukraine has had, even though it hasn't had success, much success elsewhere, have had a huge effect on Russian thinking. Um, that's certainly possible. They certainly see Crimea as qualitatively different from the rest of Ukraine. Again, Crimea was part of the Russian Republic within the Soviet Union until the 50s and so on. Uh, overwhelmingly Russian-speaking population. Um, that by and large, I think, doesn't want to be retaken by Ukraine. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, they're, they're persisting. There are also more attacks on Russia per se, and Zelensky is being more open about that being part of the strategy. Um, there are more, more drones heading into Russia trying to blow shit up. Today, actually, they had, or yesterday, they had success with a seaborne suicide drone, which uh, did pretty grave damage to a, a big ship that I guess it would be part of an amphibious landing if, if it were used. And uh, I can see why Ukraine would want to disable ships. It could be that because that's the kind of thing that could happen in Odessa. Let but me you, mention, you, yeah. You think the general strategy of bringing the war home to Moscow is dangerous because it risks nuclear war? You would do it if you were Zelensky, wouldn't you? Uh, well, if I was Zelensky, I'd do a lot of things that I don't want to see done <laughs> as, as an American, like try to draw NATO into the war. I would definitely do that if I were Zelensky, and he definitely wants to. But that's, I don't think, in the interests of uh, the world broadly or the U.S. or Western Europe. Um, you know, I mean, as for the, the the attacking Russia, is it conceivable that that could put heat on pressure to draw it to a close? I suppose. I think the, the greater likelihood is in the other direction of, of escalation and expansion. Uh, I mean, certainly Putin tends to respond to things like that in forceful fashion, it seems. There seems to be a correlation between these major uh, strikes on cities in Ukraine yeah. and uh, and Ukraine's more aggressive and, attacks on and, Russia, and, the Kerch Bridge and, and so on. Yeah. They're, they're, they seem to be laying the ground for some big call up of new troops. Some Russia massive does? Yeah, some massive well, World I mean, War II level column. That gets me back to uh, the desirability of bringing this damn war to a close. 
And as you know, I've been calling for that for a long time. Um, by the way, the other thing, speaking of me, uh, you know, I said before the offensive, don't do the offensive, play defense. Uh, well, apparently, one reason Russia has been having success in the north, they've been gaining ground in Luhansk, heading toward Kharkiv, to the Kharkiv province, Oblast, um, is that Russia, Ukraine did thin out those lines a little in preparing for the offensive in the south. So that's taking a toll. But yeah, um, I think, you know, we need to wrap this up and Biden needs to wrap it up. I mean, what, what's he, what's he, we seem headed for an extended stalemate. Now, dramatic, un, unexpected things can happen, either good or bad for Ukraine. Probably as likely bad as good, but well, dramatic well, things can happen. But the, the great likelihood is that he's going to get closer and closer to this election. And he's going to still be, uh, from a, the point of view of a lot of voters, spending a lot of taxpayer dollars on what seems increasingly to be a pointless bloodbath. Ukraine has not gained a significant amount of ground since last year. And so, there was the Republicans are now turning quite rapidly against spending more money. Uh, well, I but, saw there's a poll of Americans just out that, that I, as I read, I, I saw the headline CNN poll. Oh, I thought it was just Republican. No, I think most America. I mean, I can right. get, I can call this up. Somebody emailed me about it. And let me just right. say, um, as you know, far be it from me to, to uh, applaud Donald Trump. And this is uh, largely just uh, what I what I'm saying is is largely just to make the point that Trump may be well positioned to exploit Ukraine in the election. Wait, I'm reading this. Most Americans oppose Congress authorizing additional funding to support Ukraine. It's war with Russia, uh. according to a new CNN poll. OK, All so right. there's that. Right. But, but let me, um, you know, Trump a couple of weeks ago, said this thing. Uh, he said, look, I'd solve this in a day, which, of course, you couldn't do. It's pretty complicated. But but the thing he said is, I'd tell, I'd tell Ukraine, we're going to do a peace deal. And I would tell uh, uh, Russia, if you don't agree to the deal, we're going we're gonna to escalate the weapons we provide to Ukraine, and uh, we're going to send them weapon systems you've never seen. Well, Trump, at least, uh, you know, again, it would be a lot harder than that. We don't know whether it worked, but he's at least recognizing explicitly that the U.S. has real leverage with both sides. Biden shows no signs of grasping that. Now, I'm sure he knows oh. more than he's saying, but it's it's and he certainly, you know, denies any inclination to ever use any leverage with Ukraine. Well. As he gets closer to the election, he may wish he had. Uh, this you is not going to look good, I think. You, you know? you, 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 uh, Jake Sullivan clearly knows what leverage he has. Oh, he, seems he, to he be probably the guy does, that, yeah. Okay, well, so uh, uh, there, there's this weird Saudi peace conference. I don't know what's going on there. Can you explain it to me? The, the Saudis are having a peace conference where they've invited all the third world countries and somehow Russia and Ukraine are supposed to suck up to them to see how much third world support they can get. Who cares? How does that impact the peace talks? The peace talks will depend on the situation on the battlefield and Russian popular opinion and Ukraine popular opinion and American popular opinion. It's not going to depend on who gets what third world countries on its side. So what is the purpose of this peace talk? Wait, no, is this the conference that 
like the U.S. and the West is at and Russia and China aren't at. I know it's something in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it may be that. I mean, I, I read this and it, it, it drove me nuts just because uh, I think, yeah, it was the Wall Street Journal that called it, quote, peace talks. Uh, yeah. This is the thing they were talking about. And then said uh, Russia would be excluded. China wouldn't be there. Well, if one side in the war isn't there and has no proxy there, that's not peace talks. <laughs> that's a conference among allies and people they're trying to recruit to their side. I mean, that that's uh, look, I, I, what that is, if that's the Saudi thing, is just the U.S. Uh, trying to line up as much support as possible, I guess, for a hard line in 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 possible negotiations with Russia. But um, yeah, and you, look, I assume Biden will make some stab at negotiations at some point. But, uh, you know, you better hurry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it, you're right that people are, are turning against the funding and money arguments always have a greater appeal to the American people than they do to me. I mean, they're always upset about welfare because it costs money, not because it fosters a culture of dependence. Or they're they're worried about both, and I don't care yeah. about the money. But um, if American troops aren't dying and the war is just going nowhere, but Kiev is still free and independent, I don't think voters care that much. Um, I uh, no, I agree. I mean, I think for a lot of voters, it is about money. For me, it, it's not. Um, the uh, so let's see, is there anything else about Ukraine? Um. Let me mention this tweet from this guy, Tata Rigami. He's Ukrainian reservist, apparently. And he has a very widely followed Twitter feed. And he's interesting because he kind of seems plugged in, but he's freer to speak than Ukrainian officials are, or even than mainstream media, in a way, is in Ukraine. And uh, he did this long thread where first he documented that actually Russia has quite a few tanks on hand. Don't hope for them to run out anytime soon. And then he says, uh, so what is the hope? You know, how are we going to win this? He says, well, considering Russian political instability, exemplified by the Wagner mutiny, I am inclined to think that a potential power collapse and internal struggle among elites driven by, by military defeats will let us liberate all occupied territories. But we are not there yet. Um, as far as predicting the number of defeats needed for the regime's collapse, that's impossible. We must, so we must just concentrate on continuous military, uh, defeats of Russia. I mean, I, I almost think that is the plan at this point, hoping Russia collapses and, and, and that doesn't prove disastrous for the region in the several ways it could, uh, and it doesn't bring oh. in a, a hardcore right wing regime that just does this huge mobilization. And it just seems to me like a pretty thin, uh, a pretty, pretty, uh, a triple bank shot. But but I honestly it, think this guy's right. And maybe that's the best hope they have. It does to me, too. Of course, that was the that was the strategy, strategy North Vietnam pursued and it worked for them. So. Waiting for the South to collapse? No, they weren't winning the war, but they knew that a big strategic seeming oh. setback would destroy American support for the war. And the Tet Offensive did that. So. uh you know, it's not yeah. completely insane that that would happen. Uh, but uh, go ahead. We should no, we probably before long. We, we didn't have a but we didn't have a bunch of right wing, uh, you know, warmongers who were ready to re react to the Tet Offensive by 
uh, increasing the draft. You know, <laughs> so they this were a true. distinct minority. Uh, go by ahead. the way, by, uh, within 48 hours, there could be a regional war in Africa. You know, this uh, remember last week uh, when you got Niger and Nigeria mixed up? Yeah, it's, it's too humiliating, Bob. I've I've erased that from my memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, all those countries look alike. Just kidding. Well, uh, um, the uh, by the way, a little trivia question. Do you know what they? It's not a joke. It's serious. Like, do you know what they call people from Niger? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> the interesting question is how you spell it. It's like. Nigerians is I-A-N-S. Nigerians is the same word except I-E-N-S. Little known fact. It may become uh, important because uh, so this thing, ECOWAS, this regional African group, has told the people who staged the coup in Niger they've got until Sunday to restore democratic rule or there could or will be a war. Now, this ECOWAS thing is it used to be a group of 15 states, but then three of them got suspended for having coups. Uh, Niger, Mali, actually four maybe, including Guinea. But but anyway, Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso uh, are saying they'll stand together in the case of war. In other words, Mali and Burkina Faso are saying that attack on Niger, they will treat as an attack on them. Right. Now, the dominant country within this ECOWAS thing that's threatening to invade Niger is Nigeria. So the distinction will become important. Uh, they are overwhelmingly the largest nation population-wise among any of these. And uh, so Nigeria could invade Niger uh, by Sunday. Uh, the president well, that, of Nigeria that, that has asked the Senate for approval of that. Yeah. That would solve the pronunciation problem. They could... Settle on one name. If Niger became part of Nigeria. Yeah, well, I've got, <laughs> I've got, uh, so that's an argument for invasion. I've not yet heard, Mickey. That's your, that's your completely no, distinct as, as you know, as you know, this is all Hillary Clinton's fault, as I've, I, or in, at least in large part, because the coup against Gaddafi freed up all these Libyan arms to be sold to Islamic terrorists who started wars in all these countries just under Libya in whatever the parallel that is. And yeah. uh, all across Africa on that parallel, we now have instability and, uh, and coups. And uh, maybe Hillary should have thought of that before she came, she saw, and he died. Uh, yeah, we came, we saw he died. Was that her line after he was, yes. I mean, killed in the most hideous and disgusting fashion possible? Yes, and then she cackled. And it's on video, yeah, she's delighted. Um, anyway, there's also in terms of uh, American complicity, this this thing that keeps happening, which is that we train specific troops, sometimes elite forces in Africa, and then they take our skills, the skills and weapons we've imparted and stage a coup. Like this time it was the, it was the presidential guard in Niger, like apparently the president was about to uh to fire the head of the presidential guard and the head of the presidential guard decided he'd rather run the country than be fired. So Most, we say Jaku. And, and should, I think these guys were trained by us. Yeah. We should have General Austin trade them. That way they'll, they'll be too ineffective. <laughs> that way to, they'd fail. To stage a coup. They would fail you. to breach the palace. I'll tell you, if they, they, they put you in run. charge of foreign policy, it would be a better world, Mickey. Um, they would so, try so, to use combined arms and 
So we should head to the parrot room. Uh, okay. Patreon.com slash parrot room where people can hear uh, stuff that's even better than what they've heard so far. Because we always save the best stuff for the parrot room. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I don't know. My best stuff was making you feel like shit because Jeffrey Goldberg is king of Washington. So I've I'm already so done far. that. I'm so over that. Well, I can mean, try it again. No, at, at this point, I mean, at this point, why not? just turn the whole world into an onion article about it, which this is another example of. <laughs> well, no, this is the, uh, before we can, before the fall, he has to have the rise, right? I mean, the good news, Mickey, is like, do you know anyone who watches PBS NewsHour? Well, two questions, two parts. Do you know anybody? You might say yes. Do you know anybody under 70? I was just going to say, it's because all the people I know who watch it are dead. Like, uh, but um, if they my mother used to watch it all the time. My, uh, my, it, oh, it I used to tragedy. watch it. It used to be. It used to be very important, actually, before the internet. It, see, this is a parrot room material that we're blowing in the regular one. Okay, the, we're the, yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna we're we'll gonna talk about the entire parrot the room. No, but we'll talk about the tragedy of PBS in the parrot room of at the news hour. Yeah, it'll be a very grave and solemn discussion because. We're pretty broken up about it. Uh, what else? Um, um, I'm my prediction that there would be a surge at the border. It was just being delayed. Yeah, there are some signs that it's in fact what's going to happen. But go ahead, we'll go into that very briefly. Okay. Uh, um, you go. We'll do one of yours, one of mine, one of yours, one of mine. I don't have that many. I, I'm done with my jury service. The tri the case is over. I want to talk about that. I mean, it's only so specific I want to get about the case itself, but I, I do I do want to reflect on it. <clears throat> Very interesting experience and worthwhile. Again, don't shirk jury duty, folks. You'll be glad you didn't. Um, okay, your turn. Uh, the, the possible uh, EV, the EV. Uh, push possibly going the way of Hollywood streaming push, i.e. the automakers are discovering they're not selling and they're not making money. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. You? Um, uh, UFOs. I became an expert on UFOs and, and uh, also um, whoops, did we freeze up? What's going on here, folks? Hope not. Can you hear me, Mickey? Yeah, I can hear you. Hmm. Uh, there we go. Sorry, that was my bad. Um, my screen completely froze. Uh, so I finally listened to the testimony, congressional testimony is a David Grush guy who generated all this new publicity about UFOs. And I reviewed the UFO files generally and uh, and will hold forth on that. Um, there was a David Brooks column on how the meritocrats are locking everybody else out that's caused an incredible uh, has it had an incredible impact given that it was just a rehash of the arguments that Michael Young made in 1959. But, um, we can talk about that. Uh, there, uh, there's a, a, uh, what people think is a disco act from the eighties. that's coming back and I'm looking forward to seeing them. I, I will ask you to guess who it is. This is a group. Yes. Okay. Casey and the Sunshine Band, I hope? No, but um, you're not as far off as you think. 
Um, okay. I may say uh, a little more about Sinead O'Connor. Who, of course, Italy pivoting away from a guaranteed income. Mm, it caused people not to work. Who knew? Uh, Alzheimer's test for $400 over the counter. Will you take it? Totally. I really? can remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 the pivot away from China is that there are two pieces of evidence that it's actually taking hold. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, I have something to say about that. Pivot away from China. Okay. This is starting to seem uh, like enough. It's definitely enough. Uh, and there's a bunch of little things, a bunch of incredible number of scientific discoveries. Uh, superconductors. Uh, we'll certainly get to the bottom of that one. Room temperature superconductor. The implications of it. We'll, 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 well you can tell deeply. me what they are because I don't know what they are. Deeply. Oh, this is, this is big. I mean, it's probably not true, but if it was true, it'd be big. Um, bigger, bigger than a, a they're developing a box. battery made of concrete, uh, coal, black, and water that can closely store all the electricity. Closely related to that. Okay. So, so um, folks, uh, whether or not you're going to join us in the parrot room, you might think about if you are on YouTube, smashing the like button, giving us a little boost. And if you're listening, maybe reviewing possibly favorably our podcast, uh, the non-zero podcast and, uh, anything else? No, I intend, I intend to, um, probe the limits of artificial intelligence. We should discuss that. In ways I that always, you will see. I always have things to say about AI. So let, let's try to get to that. Yes. I mean, that's becoming my whole thing, thinking about AI. Okay. But here you are. You're stuck with a book on cognitive empathy, and you really want to think about AI. Actually, there may be flexibility in, in which, which book I write, but we'll see. Really? We'll that's great news. It. Shh. We'll talk about it in the parrot room. Eventually, you'll get around to the book that I want you to write. It's closer to that than you might think, actually. Okay. All right. Uh, so, great. Uh, see you there. Patreon.com slash parrot room. See you. Uh, parrot. Mickey's bringing out the parrot. parrot room. Empathy. Convince him. Yeah, exactly. Parrot's just babbling at this point. Parrot's just babbling at this point.